Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Adam Helway, the CEO and founder of SecretSushi.com. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Seth, for having me. Awesome. Let's tell the folks at home what a cool agency Secret Sushi is. It's very cool. It's very cool. Uh, well, you know, I think it's only as cool as uh, the results we get for our clients. So uh, I, I think we do a good job only because uh, we've stuck around for so long. It's going on 14 years, over 14 years now. And, uh, you know, our clients stick with us for, for quite some time and, and do well. So that's what makes me happy, the results we get for them. Awesome. I love it. So let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? What did you do before Secret Sushi and why did you start it? Well, I was born at a very young age. No, I'm just kidding. So interestingly enough, I think getting here was a little bit by accident, but um, my background has always been, I've always enjoyed dabbling in, in creative stuff. And uh, eventually that sort of ended up coming to a head when I, when the internet came about. And I also love to take that dabbling online early on in the uh, beginning of when the internet, you know, started to become uh, available to folks. And I'm talking back in 94, that happens to be the year that I also graduated high school and started playing around online. And um, that opened up new worlds where we could start uh, learning from others, you know, learning about how to use Photoshop and how to use uh, web design software and how to do all kinds of other cool things from other individuals who were starting also to get on the internet early on. And in doing so, I, I just had a, a knack for kind of understanding what was going on with this sort of emerging tech and communication medium and always sort of loved getting my hands dirty with it, primarily because I also loved interacting with people. And suddenly we, we, we went from, you know, you'd have to go out someplace or maybe jump on a, on a phone call, which at the time, as you may know, was expensive just to call outside of your own city. Uh, back at that time due to long distance charges. Now people sort of take for granted that you could, you know, call a, a relative overseas and not not worry about any charges or anything like that. send a photo or, or whatever. And so I, I started to just feed off of that, quite honestly. And um, and most of what I was doing professionally, honestly, was not in uh, the creative field or even in marketing. I was working a lot with 
different communities. I was traveling the state of California in between my my regular nine to five job, being a host at a restaurant and so on, uh, doing leadership trainings and community related stuff. And then that turned into, uh, I also started working in care homes with adults with disabilities and things like that. And so I just really fed off of working a lot with people. And uh, at the point where I decided to start my business, I had actually finally made the transition from all those things over to working in a company uh, that was providing digital marketing and, and uh, uh, primarily web design related stuff and creative services to uh, to businesses and realized that all the things that I had done sort of working with people came in really handy when social media started to blossom out a lot more. And when, you, when the job of all the stuff that you were doing online was to communicate to, to folks and to get an elicit a reaction and most of all actually to just create a relationship with folks uh, whereas you couldn't do that at scale necessarily in any real way uh, before the internet awesome and I know it's evolved over the years who is secret sushi's ideal client now uh, our ideal client these days tends to be somebody that it sounds like it could be almost anybody in this case but we're getting direct leads uh, or what I would say, you know, folks that you may uh, have want to talk to through your sales team or direct customers, folks that you are actually signing up for things in some form or fashion relies heavily upon digital online to do that and to be able to do that at scale. So folks who are looking at that, they've, they've established themselves, but right now they're trying to figure out what's the next step for them. Are they, uh, have they heard about the the digital realm have they heard about you know ppc and seo and doing content marketing and all these things but they just don't entirely know what step they should take primarily because it's really overwhelming to a lot of folks there's so many options people it's sort of a shiny object syndrome all the time right suddenly like right now if everybody was going for the hottest thing they'd be like oh TikTok. i must do something on TikTok, right uh, let, let me let me learn how to do this particular dance and somehow we'll figure out how to get people's attention in yes, doing that I'm, I'm, both of my daughters are obsessed yeah yeah and i can't say that i don't have fun looking at TikTok as well especially you know uh, in the year 2020 it's a nice light-hearted uh place to, to to go but is it the right thing for most clients not necessarily right not because um, that's your target market exactly I, I figured out a way for uh, will the adults get there eventually because they're watching their kids yeah probably but i haven't figured out a way to make it work yet because uh, most of our clients aren't going after you know the six to 14 demographics so to speak well, you know, what's interesting is a lot of other channels such as, I mean, I think I think YouTube may have been a little bit like this early on, Instagram certainly, maybe even Snapchat. They seem to start with the, the younger folks yes. because they're they're more they're less averse to trying things out and doing stuff that their peers are doing. And, and you know, it's that fear of missing out with the rest of their their peers. And then eventually it starts to become more and more discussed and maybe referenced in in media or just just in day-to-day -day talking and lives and then we have more sort of the older demographic the adults myself and, and and older that start to figure out ways that they not only do they enjoy seeing sort of what what what's there already um but then they go beyond that and start to figure out so how could i create things for this so i've seen yes. everything from folks who are showing home improvement tips in you know a minute or so on TikTok, which i really enjoy to other folks that are uh, just simply like sharing entrepreneurial uh tips and and so on on there and getting very popular amongst even the young folks that are, that are on TikTok. so i think we're moving in that direction for, for things like that but again looking and figuring out what's the right timing to get involved 
for something like that, which channel, which one's the most appropriate, basically understanding how to connect all of the various opportunities there are to the objectives you have, to the business goals and objectives you have, because it's once it's not one size fits all. Absolutely. Now you talked about, you started off talking about the results getting for clients. Can you share with us, I mean, you can change their names if you want. Um, can you share with us a couple examples of like what your clients are coming to you for saying, what problem do they need solved? And then like a magical transformation of how you help them solve that and what that did for their business? Sure. Uh, great question. So I think there's two sides to that coin. I think one is folks that have been doing business the same for a long time and it's it's that's predominantly relied on traditional methods of of marketing and sales and now they are realizing that uh, a bigger piece of of their business is is not being addressed or it, or the way that they've been doing it right now has been sort of dwindling over the last few years and at some point they're going to need to start thinking about well how do we transition from what we've been doing to actually establishing digital, some performance marketing, digital marketing, demand gen uh, strategies in, in our marketing. And so in a lot of ways, it means jumping in and understanding the organization as a whole and figuring out like, like just saying this is what you should do is, is not, does not get it done. Organizations have uh, the politics and the way that folks work within the organization, they're structured very differently each time. Um, they have a certain, so, some of them are more adept or not at being able to get into digital or into um, anything related to the, the new way of marketing. Uh, I say new, but really it's new to them. It's been around, you know, for, for many years at this point. And so I look at uh, somebody like we, we have one of the largest food services companies in the entire, uh, at least in the entire U.S. They, they do corporate food services for, you know, companies like um, Google and John Deere and they're running, you know, all their food services. These guys, this is a pretty big business to run this stuff. And when we came on board, they were trying to figure, figure things out. And uh, we helped with a, a new website, but more behind the scenes, we helped them figure out how to transition their marketing from one where their sales team just kind of sat back and waited for somebody to just pop onto their website to starting to feed the conversation earlier in the process because most people a lot of people don't realize that and the stat has always been a little a little different here or there depending on where you see it but it ends up being high nonetheless that at least 75 percent or more of your customers have been doing research and have been looking around and have been informing themselves, absorbing content from you and your competitors and other places on the internet to learn about what they want to do to make a decision that, in, that, that ultimately will involve you or not involve you. If you're a part of that conversation, if you've made it, maybe you made it on the short list or maybe you haven't before they end up raising their hand and saying, I'd like to talk with somebody at your company about what it is that you do. And there, there becomes a problem with that for most businesses because those that are your competitors and other folks who are out there educating these people earlier in the process are likely already connecting with them and creating relationships with them through that content and through those interactions on social and through being found on social media or even their ads on 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 some of these channels before you even get a chance to say hey by the way i exist so we were able to do that with this company and end up uh not only creating a, a machine internally to help create these leads now and, and leverage digital marketing and be ahead of, be a part of that conversation earlier on, but grow ultimately their pipeline, their revenue uh, beyond anything that they'd had previously. All right. That is awesome. What are, 
what are some of the biggest challenges that you're seeing companies facing um, in you know the 2020, 2021 digital marketing landscape? I think it's it's actually less related to digital marketing, more related to the fact that a significant chunk of their business was attributed towards physical events, industry uh, industry trade shows and events like that. And now, uh, because they had treated the digital side of the equation as an add-on, they're realizing that, oh, wow, I haven't dug that well deep enough and now I need to rely on it more because I can't go to physical events, at least currently in 2020. In 2021, it's going to be a while before we still see physical events come back. And when they do, I think we've seen so many folks test the waters with digital events these days that they're seeing just like working from home, that it's something that they want to keep around for a while. It's pretty cost effective in, in a lot of cases. So I think that the old the, the older, you know, traditional way of going out and, you know, pressing the flesh in person with your customers is, is going to become less reliable for most businesses. And the alternative to that isn't just say digital events, but it's just digital, you know, digital marketing period. It's leaning more into having digital marketing as, as, a, as a major part of what you're doing. Awesome. That makes a lot of sense. You use a lot of superhero references in your own writing, in your own marketing. Tell us a little bit about how you've managed to make that passion relate to the world of growing people's businesses. Wow. So, so I, I think one of the ways that I'd look at it is, um, you know, some of the, 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 our favorite superheroes and, and people we would consider heroes out there, maybe not necessarily superheroes, uh, out there, there's there's a couple things that relate to the relationship between a client and a and us and an agency. And part of it is the way that we work together is as partners, right? Our our goal isn't we have shared destinies. When our clients are successful, we're successful. We get to keep doing business with them. We get to share that we've helped somebody be successful, and so on and so forth. And so the best feeling is when we get to work together with them and make them the Han Solo, and we become the Chewbacca for them. Um, you know. Uh, or a Batman and Robin, like being a partner and being able to really help them tackle what it is that they need to, not only also as organizations, but also honestly as the human beings within the organizations. I'm really proud when I get to see somebody that we've worked with go from a, a position that they're in to a year later getting a promotion because we've actually been there to support them and help them as the human beings, the, the human marketing leaders in those organizations as well. So, um, you know, we want them to be those here, the internal hero and champion for marketing. But in addition to that, we want them to be the hero and champion on behalf of their customers because we think there's a really big win there when uh, we can also help them understand that they can look at their customers a bit more like humans and not like users as well. That is awesome. I love that analogy. Now, you talk, you've built a superhero team yourself. You have your own Justice League, your own Avengers, whatever you want to call it. Um, or at least you've referred to them that way several times. Tell us a little bit about the team that you've built and how you've managed to help them grow along the way. Yeah, I'd say this year has been especially rewarding in the sense that earlier in the year, um, thankfully, things didn't just completely crumble in any way, uh, in, in any you know significant way. We certainly had some clients that decided to contract what they were doing for a while, as everybody did early on, and it really happened mostly early on when they were fearful, obviously, of, of what was going on uh, in, in the market. But we made a, a concerted effort that we were going to invest into uh, our coworkers, our, co our cohort, our community, our clients, all the things that I started off with C here. And with our team in particular, you know, 
everybody that works for you, with you, so on and so forth, they have a choice. They have lots of choices. And especially the people that work for you ultimately have a choice. Um, money is not what motivates uh, most people ultimately in the end. It, it, it helps, but it doesn't motivate people to continue to work in a crappy place or a place that doesn't have purpose or a place that doesn't help them grow. So this year, especially, we we dug into our culture in a really big way and i'm proud as a as an owner and a leader of the company to see that we um, attracted some new additional talent one of the things that we had i think was a problem is that we had a lot of male energy we didn't have a lot of a lot of women working with us and we've had a, a couple great additions to the team especially uh this year and just in general everybody who is on the team who are experts you know we have we have experts that are specific in certain areas everything from seo to advertising to you know a, a handful of incredible writers and graphic designers and, and and strategists and so on to just the bottom line is they all want to treat each other and our clients with the same respect and in in, in the same way and we have shared values in the way that we treat each other and, our, and, and their ideas and so to me i think that's where i'm most proud of our team currently because that really sets the tone for how we engage with clients. And ultimately, um, we've attracted also this year a couple of new uh, additional clients that uh, you could just tell are our type of people. We Our calls, we spend the first 10 minutes really touching base as, as human beings unintentionally, but it turns into a really good time that sets the tone for a lot of open ideas and, and good work ultimately afterwards. How do you manage and lead your team? How do you make sure people are doing the right thing the right way at the right time for the right client? Uh, two things. I mean, I think there's a little bit of a higher slow. If you, if you know the higher slow, fire fast. I, I won't yes. say that there's the fire. The fire fast thing is a whole different conversation. But I'd say the, the higher slow thing is is about, you know, properly giving folks opportunities to show what it is that they can do um, and to stick to their word and the work that they're doing and so on. And I think that all boils down to ultimately, once you get to a point where you feel confident in what they're doing, you need to trust them. So we manage everything where our team is remote. We manage everything uh, with a few different layers and a few different you know ways of communicating in the way that a lot of other folks do. So we've got everything from Slack and email and phone calls and Zoom like everybody else, but ultimately, I think to know that they're going to get things done, right? We have some processes in place and then ultimately it's about uh, trusting them to get it done. If we can't trust folks to get things done, then we have bigger problems, uh, you know, beyond that. But we're using, we're doing all the same project management and uh, digital communications that everybody else is using these days. And it seems to be working out fine. Where'd you come up with the name Secret Sushi? <laughs> I knew that would be a question. So really the inception of Secret Sushi was that at the time years and years ago i was looking for uh, a job it was the first time i was between jobs and i was looking for a job and on paper i wasn't able to this was long long time ago it was probably 17 or 16 years ago uh, on paper i just wasn't able to get in the door in the places that i wanted to get my foot in so I had some friends, I had one of my best friends, Tosh, he said, hey, you know, me and this, me and Alan, we want to start doing some freelance work over here. And I said, sure, let's go ahead and do it. I was, I was looking to do something. I needed to, to start working on things. Well, needless to say, they didn't 
really get moving. They want, they said, they, yeah, I don't know if you've ever run into that before, Seth, where people maybe, say maybe they, once or twice. <laughs> yeah. So, so I kept, I kept it moving. And, and at the time I, I wanted to find a name that I felt was phonetically easy for people to remember, uh, didn't become something where when I said the name of the company, it was not, not only was it hard to remember, but it was hard to like phonetically spell when you went to look online and that sort of thing. And my friend and I, Tosh had been working on a little side project, a little creative thing. I had fallen in love with the food sushi at the moment and uh we were we were jokingly creating uh this this presence online called the society of the secret sushi and what it was was meant to be a sort of story narrative thing from this group of make-believe fish believe it or not <laughs> that were that were called the society of the secret sushi they were they were secretly the reason sushi was becoming so popular at the time was because that was their way of infiltrating the the human beings and to learn about their ways. And so this was meant to be a creative endeavor and I had the domain. This is a long way of, long way of saying I had the domain. And in the end, again, that idea didn't go anywhere. We didn't move very far. And, and I tried looking at all these other domains that I wanted that people were wanting to charge 5,000, 7,000 bucks for. And finally I just said, screw it. It's gonna be called Secret Sushi. That's gonna be the name of the agency. And everybody thought I was, you know, crazy because they thought it should be called like Adam Creative or, you know, right, blah, blah, marketing boring. design. Yeah, yeah. And it I was like, you know, what you do. Yeah. And it's like, sure. It's like, um, I keep going back to that dances with wolves. Like, are you supposed to literally dance with wolves to be named dances with wolves? So should I be called like guy who designs dot com right, or, or something like know, that works with Google? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so honestly, um, it was an incredible Incredibly good thing. It's the thing that people ask me randomly most about of anything in, in my business. Yeah. Uh, your passion's obvious. What do you like best about what you do other than the results you get for clients? Got it. It really is working with people. And I am a firm believer that what you do in life, both personally and professionally, does not have to be like work has to has to drain you and, and be something that literally follows that not. term work. Right. Yeah, exactly. And as an entrepreneur, you sure as heck, it'll it'll drain you the first couple of years. But but eventually, you know, that work pays off. And, and I certainly can relate to that. But for, for me, it really is being able to jump into an office or go into a place to speak to folks, teach, you know, folks things and see, see that other human being at the other end of the table or that group of human beings in a sea of, of seats and that spark going off that you're actually helping them and you're doing it with something that you're passionate about. And I really enjoy being able to also go to bed at night, uh, feeling well, I'm building something up with my company and ultimately helping some of these business owners at the same time. But really it's that interaction with the human being. When you can see the light go off and you can see the person slowly go from not being sure about what they're doing to a week, a month, six months down the road where everything just starts building on top of each other. It's pretty amazing. With all the success you've had, what's your biggest challenge now? Going from having my hands so much within the day-to-day -day tactical elements of the company within most of, of how we started it was me. It was on my shoulders. It was in my hands, right? And over the last few years, that's that's we, we've gone from being what was initially a creative agency to flipping completely on its head, being a performance marketing company. I don't. I, it's not a veneer on top of what it is that we do. It's actually what we what we've been doing for some time. So the hardest thing is 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 that most of those things as uh, as a necessity, I knew 
it came from from my hands. Yeah, I'm the one who got my nails right. dirty, right? And, and so I think that now it's the need for me to shift even further into becoming a leader and a CEO. That's the most challenging thing right now because I, I see something being done and the decision now should be different than what my gut tells me, which is get your hands dirty and get in there, which I still think there's the right place and time to do. But now that we've got more and more trusted teammates to do things, there's a lot of times where I need to let them do that thing. And I need to continue to do what I said earlier, which is to trust them. Awesome. Fascinating interview. Incredible story. This has been Seth Green with Adam Helway from Secret Sushi. Adam, where should our listeners and viewers go to learn more about you? Uh, SecretSushi.com and check out my podcast at Marketing in the Raw all over the place, wherever you find podcasts. Awesome. Seth Green, Adam Helway. Adam, thanks again. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.